Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is November 27th. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me blog, and next week we're going to be studying the very last two sections of the Doctrine and Covenants, sections 137 and 138. So by the end of next week, we will have completed the Doctrine and Covenants. How incredible is that? But before you check out and decide you're going to stop listening, we do still have more Come Follow Me. We have the Articles of Faith and the Official Declarations. We have the Family Proclamation. And then we'll have a Christmas week where we'll talk all about Christmas. So I look forward to finishing out this year with you and I look forward to the Old Testament next year. I'm one of those weird people. I love the Old Testament, so I look forward to that. But let's finish out this week by talking a little bit about section 136. Now, I want you to imagine what it must have been like for these saints. Here, Joseph Smith dies. They don't have the understanding that we have. We know that when the prophet dies, the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles becomes the next prophet, and it's very seamless. But for these early saints who didn't know, they must have had a lot of questions and must have wondered what was going to happen next. The people who killed Joseph Smith assumed that with him, Mormonism would die as well. And when I say Mormonism, I use that term because that's the term that they referred to the church as. But they assumed that the church would be done. In fact, there were articles across the country printed in newspapers not just announcing the death of the prophet Joseph Smith, but announcing the death of the church. People assumed it was done. And that must have been a very dark, very confusing, very difficult place for the saints. Something that I think is interesting to look at in that time period was Brigham Young. Obviously, we know he became the next prophet of the church. But what's interesting to see is the lack of power grabbing on his part. We know that Joseph died in June of 1844. And in August of 1844, two people stepped up and they claimed that they had the right to become the next prophet of the church and the next leader. Sidney Rigdon was Joseph Smith's first counselor, and he also acted as a spokesperson for Joseph Smith. And so he made claims that he was supposed to be the next person to speak for the church and to determine the next steps for the church. There was also a man named James Strang who was honestly, almost a brand new convert. He was baptized in February of 1844, but he stood up and he claimed that he had a letter from Joseph Smith that declared him as the next prophet of the church. And this letter looked like it was signed by Joseph Smith. And so a lot of people followed James Strang as well. But in August of 1844, Sidney Rigdon was up and he was talking and he gave this hour and a half discourse about how he was supposed to be the next prophet and people needed to follow him. And when he was done and when he sat down, Brigham Young stood up and he began to teach and he began to testify. And what's fascinating about this experience is that as he spoke, thousands of people who were watching said that he not only sounded exactly like Joseph Smith, but that he began to look like Joseph Smith and that his dress and his demeanor all took on the look of Joseph Smith. A man named Benjamin Johnson said, as soon as he spoke, I jumped up on my feet, for in every possible degree it was Joseph's voice, and his person, in look, attitude, dress, and appearance, was Joseph himself personified. And I knew in a moment the spirit and mantle of Joseph was upon him. 
Many people wrote similar things. Those who didn't see that said that they felt a confirming from the Holy Ghost that he was the one who was supposed to take over. Now, some people did follow Sidney Rigdon and some people did follow James String, but the vast majority of the saints followed Brigham Young and believed him to be the next prophet. But what's interesting is that never in that time did Brigham demand leadership. Did he demand the mantle of the prophet? All he was doing was trying as president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles to lead the people and to do what needed to be done. He once said, I do not care who leads the church, but one thing I must know, and that is what God says about it. And so the vast majority of the saints are now looking to Brigham Young as the leader, and he doesn't set himself up immediately as the leader. In fact, it wasn't until 1847 that he reorganized the first presidency with him as the prophet and president of the church. But all throughout this time, the saints are focusing on the temple, and they're trying so hard to rebuild the temple so that they can obtain their covenants and their ordinances before they are kicked out of Nauvoo again. And in 1847, Brigham is trying to figure out how to get the people out of Nauvoo, how to get them out of Illinois in an orderly manner. In January of 1847, Brigham has a dream with Joseph Smith and a few other leaders of the church, and they're counseling about how to move the saints out of Nauvoo. And in that dream, he was told that he needed to seek revelation on how to get the saints out. Three days later, he came to the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles with section 136, as we have it now. And this section was his revelation on how to move the people and to get them out. Now, as we read the Doctrine and Covenants, we finish section 135, and then we move on to section 136, and we don't skip a beat. But what's fascinating here is that there are three years in between the two revelations three years without people receiving this revelation from a prophet. Now think about that as we read verse one of section 136. Three years go by, they haven't received this new revelation as they were receiving before from Joseph Smith. And all of a sudden they hear the word and the will of the Lord concerning the camp of Israel in their journeyings to the West. All of a sudden they have this reassurance that the Lord is still speaking to them that he is still guiding them, that he is still leading them through people who hold the keys to lead them and to guide them and to teach them. So Brigham Young in his classic move forward in faith type of attitude almost immediately takes off and starts to go west. And from February to May, the saints are leaving Nauvoo. Now there's a famous street in Nauvoo called Parley Street. And Parley Street was the street that the saints walked as they were leaving Nauvoo. When they got to the end of Parley Street, they faced the Mississippi River, and it's cold and it's dreary, and on the other side, it is vast and it is empty, and there are no homes and there are no fires and there is nothing welcoming. And yet if the saints turned around, they could see the city that they built, the city where Joseph walked, the city filled with their homes and their fires and their families. And then up on the hill of that city, they see the temple that represented all the hope and the promise that they had been working for. In that moment, these saints had to make a decision. Were they going to go forward with faith and follow Brigham as their leader and trust that he was receiving revelation, that he was receiving the word and the will of the Lord and follow him into what was sure to be difficult and demanding circumstances? Or were they going to turn back to their homes and to their comfort? 
but away from the fellowship of the saints. There have been a few times in my life where I have thought, this is a Parley Street moment that I'm having. A couple of times in history of the church, or a couple of times in circumstances of the world that I've stepped back and thought, this is a Parley Street. And what the saints choose to do now will determine everything for them in the future. And I used to think that our lives were made up of one or two Parley Street moments. One or two times when we had to decide who we were going to follow and to see if we were going to choose the easier wrong or the more difficult right. But my friends, what I have come to understand is that our entire lives are made up of Parley Street moments. Every single day, we choose where our allegiance lies. And every single day, we experience a personal Parley Street, declaring and showing our faith anew every single day. But my friends, it's my testimony that the choices we make when we are in front of our Parley Street moments will determine everything for our lives, just as it did for those saints. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hanson.